terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Big fat hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, everybody? It's Saturday, July 14th, 2012. Episode 1, 2, 3 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. My name's Ian. Ian. Hello. Welcome back, bud. Yeah. I brought a friend. You did. Actually, three of them. Two of them. <laughs> yeah. And I can't get one of them off my leg. Uh, it's like one of the, it's like your neighbor's dog that just likes to hump everything just it sees. Just constantly attached. Yeah. Forever and Pretty always. Pretty much. Uh, join us once a week, hotboxpodcast.com uh, slash live. For the live show, we got a chat room in there and everything. You can submit stories for the podcast uh, at hotboxpodcast.com slash subreddit. Reddit. And then I'll Reddit. And then we'll talk about it. Why so, don't we talk about it? Do you want to start local? Let's start local. We had some... What's that called? When they hand down the... It's not the deci- the sentencing, right? When they say, here is your fate. Yeah. Yeah. So we had two more locals. This one uh, was out of Hungry Horse. This was the Christopher Durbin uh, Four Seasons Gardening Northern Lights Medical Good Medicine Provider Case. The one's over on Jellison Road. They're off the highway in Sea Falls, Columbia Falls, Montana. Um, they had a. Basically, they- Four Seasons, they sold grow equipment for medical marijuana providers uh, and other people. Is that where they got in trouble? The other people part? Because <laughs> I didn't think... I mean, you can sell grow equipment, can't yes, you? Yes, you can. So uh, Northern Lights helped individuals get a medical marijuana patient card, and good medicine was They were kind of an all-inclusive thing. Right. Like, you could go there, get your card, get your grow equipment, and get a bag. Which is... I mean, that's helpful, sure. It's, you know, it's it was like the, the all-in-one-stop shop kind of thing. Oh, it was all, and it was all in that one area. Yeah, there, right? yeah. and there was also w- another provider uh, that was entirely separate in that same vincin- vicinity as well, like right there in that. Like, that was also part of this? Nope, a uh, completely separate provider right. as well. Mm-hmm. This is the prosecutor's claim that from November 09 until March 14th of 2011, when federal, local, and state law enforcement raided large medical marijuana businesses across Montana, Durbin was distributing large quantities of marijuana to individuals both inside and outside Montana, which is probably a, a negative when you go outside of Montana. Yeah, could be. Uh, com- Although a confidential informant was prepared to testify <clears throat> to traveling to New York on two occasions to pick up $50,000 in cash after marijuana was delivered Ooh. there at Durbin's request. Ooh. Uh, not exactly legal, but okay. Right. So that's called drug trafficking. That's but it, is that that's the legitimate definition of drug trafficking, not what the local good dispensaries were doing that were keeping within the bounds of the law. But they weren't keeping within the bounds of the law. No, these guys weren't. Nor but were... But I'm saying they say everything is drug trafficking, but this is what drug trafficking really the is. The federal interpretation is... Well, well, that's not entirely true. See, if you are a provider and you're producing your own cannabis and the only quote-unquote trafficking that you're doing is distributing it to your patients, that's not trafficking. Trafficking would ha- be having, like, a large amount transferring hands from one to another. I always just imagine- Who was going to distribute it further. Like, the like any sort of middleman right. kind of stuff is, is trafficking. I always thought of trafficking as being whenever you're crossing, like, state lines or, or international. No, you that's can, just, in my mind, what right. trafficking seems like it should be. Like, that's- And that's probably- because most of the drug trafficking that you hear about is cross border. Right. But there you don't need a border to cross in order to traffic drugs. Of course. You can traffic drugs, you know, across Down the street. street. Right, right. Right. Which I mean if you think about it, you're still kind of crossing a border of the street, but yeah. Let's say on the same side of the street, just your neighbor. You're crossing that border. The the property line, <laughs> exactly. That's the border. Okay. So well, Durbin, what if what if somebody came to your house? Well, then they're trafficking. But you're giving it to them. But they went through the traffic, not me. See, it oh. has to do with how'd you get it to your house? Uh, that's a different story. Oh, <laughs> that's another. You airlifted article. it. Airlifted. Still crossing borders though. 
Uh, and Durbin pled guilty to conspiracy to manufacture and distribute marijuana and structuring. Is structuring like the business? Um, I've never heard of structuring. The, the, the way that you have your organization set up. The structure. Oh, okay. So like, because like, it's an illegal organization now... He it's, was the one that put it together. So correct. That's, okay. And that's also ties in with um, conspiring to right. do these activities. And for all of this, how many years in jail? I'm going to guess uh, seven. Nine months in prison, six months home arrest, four years supervised release. That was Only just nine months that in one prison. guy. That was oh, okay. Scales. Trace Scales. Uh, he was the oh, guy I thought that was his nickname. Fish. No. Like scales. Tracy quote they, they scales, scales Billy Bob. <laughs> they you call know? him. Yeah. He's always got scales on him. Uh, he was allegedly distributing large quantities of marijuana to individuals, both inside and outside Montana. Also, forty-three plants though he had. So, so cash he, deposits. He probably had the whole thing. A couple patients, at least, maybe. A few, yeah. Not that that makes any difference. So are streets safer now? No. No? No. It's kind of depressing. Anytime you add more traffic to the streets, it's not safer. Have you driven in Kalispell around 5 o'clock lately? It's tourist season, that's why. Well, it's just terrible. Tourist season or not, oh my god. It's just more so because of it. Consumption Junction. I made the mistake... um, Mm -hmm. I avoid it. Like uh, I was on reserve, and I was going to turn back into town. And, you know, I I just didn't think about it, what time it was. And, of course, it's 5 o'clock, 5.30. And in Kalispell, when you turn south into Consumption Junction, uh, it's like where Walmart and Home Depot and... Malfunction Junction. Right. Right. So, anyway, uh, you know, two miles up the road, there's a hill, and it goes up to where the hospital is, and there was traffic from as far as you could see at the top of the hill, down the bumper next, to bumper, yeah. like for two miles all the way down to reserve. And so, when I, when I was on the motorcycle, and I turned on to reserve, and I think it took me about 20 minutes to get from... Were you abiding the laws, allegedly, and not going in between cars? It was actually one of the first times that I was tempted to do something I saw like some that. people do that the other day, and some dude almost got door-checked. It was so funny. Yeah, in my luck, somebody would, would do that to shit, me yeah. just to do it. I don't it. trust... People are dicks. I definitely don't right. trust them enough to not want to do that. Well, and it's illegal. <clears throat> to door-check a motorbike? To ride in between vehicles on oh, a motorcycle. right. right. Um, and I don't know where the police are when you need one. Like when wow. I'm on my motorcycle, like there's there's many times usually They're busy raiding medical marijuana. Yeah, you know, usually at least uh, one out of every three times that I ride my bike, I have the thought, man, like wh- that's so illegal that whatever that guy just what did, just you know, like cut yeah, me yeah. off or passed me in the turning did lane. That just or, happened. You know, it's like what. If I did something like that, I'd be in jail. I see some really graceful lane changes in in my day-to-day travels. People are just just gr- like looking this way but going that way and a car like and just not even just excuse me. Right. Graceful. Right. You know, just, and they don't even have a good excuse like they no, were, no, you know, on level it. 10 of Angry Birds. I know. No, they're just they, doing it. They're just Well, oh, look at the mountains. You know what I saw at the grocery store today? Angry Birds fruit snacks. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You didn't get them? No. I can't support Rovio. I'm out of here. I'm taking my crutches and I'm going. (laughs) So, yeah, you're on crutches. Do you want to tell everybody what happened or do you not want to get into it? Like, why you were... I mean, why you were here? Like, well, it's not wrong? like it's not like something what happened. happened. To you? Where did your legs go? <laughs> right. Um, when you were an embryo inside of your mother's large belly, um, I guess you're not going to be able to see this unless you're on camera. But when you're an embryo, your legs start out and they go straight out. Right. Like uh, perpendicular to your body. They, okay. And then as you start to develop, they start to, to branch downwards. And, and then, then fold in a little bit. Well, and so also is what happens is your femur bone turns. You know, it turns 45 degrees. And where your tibia and your fibia connect, there's some meniscus cartilage on top of them. Right. Your patella or your kneecap yep. and then your femur bone. And it all kind of fits together like a little puzzle. And right. there's two kinds of cartilage in your knee. The meniscus, which is like a 
fiberglass like cartilage that uh, your tibia and fibia and your femur bone um, that's kind of what's in between them. Right. And then there's like a soft glassy cartilage that's on the back of your kneecap and, and everywhere else that the meniscus is not. And that's, that's the cartilage that, uh, provides kind of like a lubed, uh, flexibility. Uh, or? Yeah. For smooth movement. Essentially. Oh, right. Okay. Well, my that's femur bones key. didn't fully rotate. Uh-huh. And so, when I bend my knee, my kneecap, instead of being pulled up or, you know, straight up like they should, right. they get pulled outwards. Oh, weird. And so, you know, it's over time. And this is the thing that, you know, it's I, I keep finding out that I'm getting older because, uh, you know, I was trying to think of because that's what everyone asks. What'd you do or what happened to yeah, you? And it's snowboarding, like snowboarding, bro. Like, no, dude, I'm just getting old. <laughs> right. Pretty much. But that's another thing. You know, I've been snowboarding. I snowboarded for, you know, 12, 15 years or something like that. And it was only the last two years that I gave that up because of my knees. Um, and so as it doesn't sound all that painful, but over time and more really? stress that, that I put I on my knees is what happens is the cartilage on the back of my kneecap, that soft, glassy cartilage, kind of regenerates in a, a rough, bulbous kind of way. And right. so now my kneecaps grind when I bend my legs. Ow. And like sometimes if the bumps get real bad, um, when I bend my knee, my kneecap will actually lodge on one of these cartilage lumps. And get and, like stuck on it? Yeah. And then, so when I'm straightening my leg, I can feel this pressure and then you oh, can hear man. it go and oh, it will like pop terrible. off that little bump and it'll that's straighten terrible. out. But then when I bend my knees, they, they just kind of, I mean, you can even feel it, but it's like this, this not crunchy, but like. Not as fluid as it should be. It's not smooth. There's definitely some grinding going on. That's crazy. Um, There's no, like, surgical procedure that can fix that? It's called a translateral tissue release. And in my cases, what they would want to do is they'd go in, and for about uh, five to six inches on the outside of my knee, they want to cut all the tissue there. To give it room so when you move, it's not catching on any of that. And so that there's less tension on my kneecap, and so there wouldn't be as much pressure holding it to my bone structure. So that sounds like something you'd have to have done every well, it's or? also it's not a fix. It's just it's a, a procedure to reduce the amount of stress or pressure. Yeah. And the other thing about Band-Aid type surgery to me is it's kind of, you open up a can of worms. It's a lot of money and then some of it You might have go to go wrong. in for a second, a third, a, third, a yeah. fourth, a fifth one, you Cha-ching. know. Right. And so Shit. I guess um, I'm doing everything that I possibly can to... Uh, other than right that. because right. I I don't feel like opening that can of worms quite yet. Yeah. Um. Hopefully that I can. Hopefully I can get my knees back in working order. Um. A without surgery. Fine, right before this I mean, has I actually happened before here. where I've been in a knee brace and crutches. Like these, right. I've had these crutches for a couple years. But I mean, since we've been doing the show and stuff, I've never known noticed you like walk odd or that it's bugged you or anything. Right. Like you hide it well if if it is. Yeah, I mask it, it pretty always, well. Yeah, mask it pretty well. But and then sometimes it's worse than others. And more recently, uh, it's been pretty fucking bad. And the worst thing is stairs. Like any sort, any time that I have to bend my knee at a, right. a pretty good angle and then put pressure on it. Oh. <laughs> we have to build you an escape slide here, so at least going down will be easier. Or like a wheelchair ramp. Or you wheelchair. just get on it and hit the button. We should tell the landlord, hey, we got some problems. <laughs> yeah, we need a wheelchair ramp. I noticed my second floor condo is not wheelchair accessible. <laughs> and there's no air conditioning. Just, yeah, there is. It's just out there. You know, just, just a thought, just, maybe. You know, when it's 100 degrees... I'm glad it's only like that for a few months at least. Now we'll go back to being shitty snow. Well, I'm glad that you're happy with it only being nice a couple months out of the year. Eh, I'm happy either way. I'm heading south. I'm easy to this please. winter. I'm not doing another winter here. No, I'm certainly dead. not doing this winter here. Not this next one. No, nope. this one's gonna be terrible. I'm taking this one off. I'm gonna pick sand out of my crack all winter, and that sounds you know. like more fun than shoveling walks and being cold yeah probably you know but i'd rather i'd do rather a little be bit of work too obviously cold than too hot because i can always bundle up more but i once i'm naked like 
I can't take anything else off, and that's just a matter of figuring out other ways. You could to... take a cold bath. Yeah, but that sucks. <laughs> I'd rather throw on a jacket and be warm and fine. <laughs> anyway. So I have an interesting... You could is... smoke more cannabis. That, that, I don't... That would, Honestly, you know, reduce your I, body I, temperature. I don't think I could, though. Maybe. I don't think, you don't think you could possibly. I don't think I could possibly any smoke any more cannabis. Hmm. Like on a day. Is that a challenge? Should we do like a uh, <laughs> define challenge? <laughs> <laughs> should we do a super high me? The super high uh, challenge. A hot box super high me How challenge. How long can you just get massively blazed all day? Every but you got to do the you got to do the sober stint and first. Keep your job. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. You got to do the sober stint first. Or send me some ibogaine. <laughs> <laughs> What's totally ibogaine? Clear out. It's uh, something I've been looking into. It's a <laughs> new. It's not new. It's really old, but it's new in the in the scheme of you know approved. Well, it's not really approved unless you you got to go to Mexico or Canada to get this done. But basically, you take ibogaine and you hallucinate your addiction away. Whoa! <laughs> and it's there's two steps to it, and so. When you do, like, Suboxone or Methadone, you're just really replacing one drug for another. Uh, and then when you try to come off of those, if you say, you know, you don't want to have to deal with that anymore, uh, your brain is still all messed up, and there's still all these OB, and you still have, you know, post-acute withdrawal symptoms. I mean, you're, you're pretty much miserable. So what Ibogaine does is, as it's cleaning you out, it's repairing your brain, and when you're done, you're supposedly back to normal and even a little better than normal but it's a trip like it's a literal hallucinogenic trip wow. but they monitor you um, how, how long some, is that that treatment i mean like seven to ten days well don't you think your post-acute withdrawal symptoms are less than that no this is talking like onset of like months and months down the road like six months later that'll start happening just out of the blue because your brain hasn't oh. repaired itself to the point that, you know, and you still have the addictive tendencies. You right. still, so this, this is supposed to, and everything that I've been reading, it's really positive. I haven't found any like horror stories like sure. I did for the rapid detox when I was looking at that. They were like, I was and, locked in this dream for five years, even though it was only eight hours. It seemed like five years and I lived every miserable second of it. Right. I couldn't get out like, nah. Why would something like that not be approved in the state? <clears throat> because the states has a really difficult time with hallucinogenic treatments. I nowadays, like they were fine with it back then, I guess. Um, yeah, also, no, the know. testing and the research uh, for the states, you can't do tests on it without getting this massive approval process thing. So, um, but yeah, in Canada, it's it's called ibogaine if you're an addict. Uh, and you live in Mexico or Canada, to th to, or you have a passport. I mean, yeah, I'm telling you go. though, and, and this one in Mexico I was looking into, like sandy beaches. It's on the beach, like uh, that. That just seems like a, f a nice place, better than Vancouver, Canada, <laughs> like <you> know, <laughs> Mexico Beach, Canada, like. Uh, in in well October, maybe maybe if you were from October, a beachy December. nicer area well, you know sure. I think I think um, helping I think something that assists in getting over an addiction is you know relocating getting out of your the you know the comfort zone sort of thing right you know? but I always thought that of course it's easy to not want to get high because you're on vacation at that point like there is no life stresses that you're just trying to forget about or whatever your reason for getting high right like, it doesn't seem like it's a fake kind of reality that like of course not everyone's happy on vacation it's it's when you get back home and then you go back to the old old ways and yeah but I don't know the trick is not looks, coming home. Yeah, if you can just, just go be on a vacation and for the rest of your life traveling, it. just a gypsy, fuck it. That is the life. Or a pirate. A pirate would be even better. Yeah, because then you get to like rape and pillage stuff. I know, and I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> they your drug use would actually be encouraged. I feel like if you were a pirate, right? They're not gonna be like you know. 
we think you've been doing drugs too much and it's time to get clean. And you're like, Arr, no way. Arr, no. <laughs> no. Don't take my... They'd be, they'd be like, let's... I wonder what a pirate's drug of choice would be other than rum. I would think like a, a stimulant of some sort. Pirates seem like a... Like a cocaine or a... Or maybe a, like more of a meth, I think. I, I can see pirates. Maybe a crack or a meth. But you gotta they, realize you're on a small boat and there's nowhere to go. <laughs> well, what do you think it would be? Weed? I, no, Just because you're on a small boat and there's nowhere to go? <laughs> yeah, really. Like, LSD? Okay. Are you um, ready to go? Yeah, I, w- I would probably say they're like a, a white powdery substance or... Yeah. Some you know. special K. <laughs> so if you're curious, uh, the ibogaine contain preparations. They've been used in these medicinal and ritual uh, purposes within African spiritual traditions of the Bwiti. The Bwiti and claim to have learned the pygmy peoples. Apparently my mic's kind of loud. Yours? I'm getting a complaint. Is that there better? There we go. I hope so. Is that better? I could start yelling. Is that better? Is that better? Do you want me to yell? Hold on. Is that better? How about now? How about now? It's perfect. Okay. Okay, Verizon. Is that better? Thank you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Uh, It was first commonly advertised as having anti-addictive properties in 1962 by Howard Lotsoff. Its Western use predates that by at least a century. So it's pretty interesting stuff, though. They like it. Looks like other countries are completely down with it and know like what it's capable of. And uh, it works for methadone, heroin, alcohol, powder cocaine, crack cocaine, uh, and methamphetamine. It helps to facilitate psychological introspection and spiritual exploration. Ooh. I'm ready for this, I think. So, just got to raise $15,000 and we'll be good to go. <laughs> no, I don't know how much it is, but I, w- I would imagine a eight-day vacation in Mexico would cost about that no no by the time you get down there and everything plane tickets and all that i'm talking like the whole package everything and what was your price what did i say fifteen thousand yeah fifteen thousand dollars for eight days fifteen thousand dollars you could live in a for a year down there well right but i mean at these centers oh you know like rapid detox is ten grand or it was when I looked into it. Yeah, it's full like medical. You got to pay for the anesthesia, the doctors to monitor you. Tw- I mean, it's a, it's a process, man. Jeez, I know the things. You know, you could- <laughs> the things we do to keep away from drug withdrawal, right? Like it's, it's crazy. I'm gonna go to Mexico. It's almost <laughs> like that. Just sounds it's almost so- like. I, you know, you just could probably lock yourself in your room and deal somebody with might it, even pussy. pay you to like tie you up in restraints and just let I you deal document with it. The whole thing, like and the trip and everything. I thought that'd be interesting. Like just get a GoPro and have it mounted on your shit, something so like that. Can, I don't know, or do like nightly, like here's what happened today, and then here's some real footage and twitches and your, I know, you know, like I know. I think it'd be interesting howling at the moon while you're blacked out or something really like strange and and uh... <laughs> stereotype says I know a guy in South America does the treatment for free once you get there. So does a place in Canada. Well, there we go. Well. Wow. Look into that. Free is much better than fifteen grand. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting though. That's cures your brain with a vivid, dreamlike, hallucinogenic visual phase, and then an introspective phase. The come down. I wonder if, at the peak of the come down, if you dose a bunch of mushrooms and then like take it back up, but in a different direction, because ibogaine, I would imagine, would take you over here, and the mushroom would take you split your ego from yourself yeah yeah kind of kind of de-layer the self i was just gonna say like a double-edged sword yeah. trip, like, like occam's a, razor uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> so all right uh more medical marijuana news you guys have heard of harborside right they were on that what was that show weed wars is the weed wars the weed wars so I think this kind of goes to show that if you do parade yourself like that in front of the television, in front of the mainstream media for long enough, you're going to 
get targeted, right? Like you can't be as harbor side as uh, what's that guy's name, Dave or Steve or I forget his name, but like as the guy that runs that, you can't be like, oh my god, we're so we did not see that coming. I mean, I'm sure he did. He had to have, but that's more money to fight. I mean, you can't fight it if it's at a federal level either. So you're kind of no. It's pretty tough to fight things like that. But the feds are cracking down. They said that they were going to come and take all their stuff. Uh, and, f- and what do you think that that, that means? Steve D'Angelo, that was his name. Uh, I, it just, it doesn't, I don't think it means anything. It's just more of the same. The only reason it's in the news and everyone's talking about it is because, oh my God, this is the one from Weed Wars. They're rating, like, are they going to make a special 30-minute documentary on here's the up and then here's the down? Because, you know, they bragged about being the biggest and the first and, and all that. Right, right. Um, America's largest and most famous medical marijuana dispensary. I'm Honestly, though, I am kind of surprised. I mean, maybe not because it is in California, but are, are you surprised at all that a dispensary was allowed to stay in business and get as big as that one did? Or it's because it was in California, right, and they could get pretty big? It just seemed weird that they got to that point and they didn't get raided a while ago, you know? Because they're big. I mean, they have, like... I, I know that they're large. I wonder how many other dispensaries are even on that scale down there. I mean, I'm sure they're not the only one. The only one that was up in, in the media's face, right? And, and doing a TV show. Right, and so yeah, now that yeah. they're getting attention from the feds... Right. You know, I mean, that just kind of goes back to the whole, like, <laughs> you know, how 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 far out do you really want to hang your nuts out for the feds to play with? You know what I mean? Like, how, how abrasive or obtuse are you going to be? Like, how much attention do you really want to draw to yourself? If you were making $20 million a worth? year selling right. medical marijuana... How much, I don't think how I much would was your TV contract? Because yeah. maybe in there somewhere they're like, and you get our lawyers... Uh, you know, just if anything goes I down. I think I would want better lawyers than theirs. Yeah? I think so in that situation. If you were making $20 million a year, um, I don't I'd think that Saul. you would be flaunting it on the Saul. television. <laughs> I just don't think, you know, like yeah. that would be a, this could jeopardize what I have going on. You would on. get to a point and be like, I need to cash out and maybe just go disappear. And not even to hide, but just I want to go travel now because I have all this money and I'm cool. And... And this I don't want to go to jail. And I don't want to go to jail. And I don't want to go to jail. Pretty simple um, arithmetic there. Yep. So this says, if Harborside's landlords don't give the businesses the boot, law enforcement officials might confiscate the landlord's property. Uh, Harborside was founded in 06 by Steve D'Angelo. Unlike other prescription potrepreneurs, is that, is that where, what they're going with? I believe so. Potrepreneurs. Potrepreneurs. Okay. okay. It's fine. Which is pretty lame that we have to have our own category. It, it's kind of discriminatory. Entrepreneur? Like, we don't call them netrepreneurs, or, you right. know, they're just entrepreneurs there. Correct. Yeah, but because stupid. it's, because... Because it's pot. And we're demonizing it, you yeah. know? It's, is it, that, de- that is, isn't it? Yeah, you bit. can't, you can't You're associate us... You're not an entrepreneur, us. but... Right, because you do this thing that not everyone agrees right. with. You're involved in something controversial, and so we're going to give it its own name. Yeah. Because it's not really... I'm an abortion patrineur. <laughs> abortion patrineur. <laughs> A baby fetus baby. blender. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so the other ones tend to keep a low profile, but not this guy, as we've all seen. And, and they say that that might be mm. why, maybe, that he... Uh, so D'Angelo told the Times in an interview Wednesday that he will fight the Justice Department's decisions openly and in public and push back against his landlords if they try to evict him. Uh, so, yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see what does end up happening because this, if if he starts a lawsuit with the landlord, I mean, federally, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? That's, it does not. Will this do anything to change that? This isn't going to... Nope. It's not going to do all. anything to change so. that. Unfortunately. Some of the comments are saying, like, a jury trial might not be in the Fed's best interest. Let's hope it goes to trial, because then a jury of their peers in that area, chances are that a, more, more than not on the jury will be on his side for it. But 
But you also have to. I don't know about that because you think you think they'd a jury of his peers like that's like I'm just saying he's a popular guy in that community because of what their their programs their outreach stuff like he did he did do a lot of that so hopefully hopefully a few of his his customers get on that well that's what I'm saying you know like big enough in that area if they pick from within that you know that whole area just because of how big this this business was. Or this potness. Ah, I see. See, I can do it too. That's fun. You're right. It's pizzness. Um, I think this is I, yeah, stereotypes. This, says the show didn't make them look too medical. On the harbor side, right? It, it kind of was like some of the some of the guys that went there. Like, yo, I need to get my seat on. What's up? What you got in here? Like, right. they, they tried, it's like the West Coast choppers, put, yeah, yeah, pot they shop put a kind lot of thing. People there, of, like on the camera, which was kind of funny to watch. But yeah, but I mean, that's also how did, people are. Too, they did show you know a lot I mean? of like the kid in the wheelchair coming in, and a lot of like the heart wrenching. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Like. The the cancer. Here, here's woman our or, five or six patients. I've, that, I've never done marijuana before, and I'm so sick. Like that, and then they focus on how helpful they were. But yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> all you hear is blinging bongs bubbling teeth. in the background. <laughs> Here, Grandma, hit this shit. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really cerebral, Granny. And the more that happens, right? We're gonna move on. The more this is going to happen, because if if you take away the legit grows, and I mean, this goes without saying, but people are going to find places to grow. And it looks like a lot of these pot farms that are out in the woods are using really bad like rat poisons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of that is starting to leach into the forest lands and it's starting to kill off some of these endangered uh, namely here is the Mustelid family. They're like these little fishers that are just dying off in these lands uh, from the California Department of Fish and Game are saying. And that's, I mean, where else? These are more the illegal underground growers, but the more that these other growers can't, like, they're going to go somewhere. They're not going to do it in their house. Well, some of them will, but, you know. Yeah, no doubt. So I I think it's a a really sad um, victim of this whole like that's not even connected to it like because of this whole war on drugs because people have to go out in the woods to grow their pot and mass produce it and use this rat poison like this whole cool family of these endangered species are getting even more endangered and not even like two things not even related but having an effect on it i thought that was interesting and sad they're kind of cute i don't know (laughs) So all the good the war on drugs is doing us. I know. I mean, it just piles up and piles up. Doesn't it's like it? a ray of sunshine, sunshine a ray shining of... through the dark clouds of drug abuse. So this study found that almost 80% of fishers found dead by researchers between 06 and 2011 had been exposed to high levels of anticoagulant rodenticide, <laughs> uh, commonly known as a rat poison. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. There you go. Poor little guys. I'm I'm sure glad that, you know, something good has come of all of this. Yeah. These things are eating our trash anyway. Fuck them. Terrible. Medical marijuana. Um, In the world of psychology. A patient perspective. Hmm? Hmm? With appropriate use of medical cannabis, many of these patients have been able to reduce or eliminate the use of opiates and other pain pills, Ritalin, tranquilizers, sleeping pills, antidepressants, and other psychiatric medications. Hmm? Well, psychiatric of the head. Well, Justin is 29 years old. He works in a busy office and lives with his partner, no homo, in a condominium downtown. They want children one day. He's easy to talk to, and there's nothing distinctly different about him. He's not the kind of person one might expect to use medical marijuana. What do you mean, what kind of person? Like, the gays don't smoke pot? It's the gays smoke pot. Partner. I asked Justin if he has a history of drug abuse. It is often assumed that those who regularly use cannabis, medicinal or not, are former addicts. (laughs) Everybody's a former addict. His response did not surprise me. Like most 20-somethings who spent four years in university, Justin admitted to drinking too much once in a while and occasionally smoking marijuana, but he was no different than the majority of his friends taking part in the campus culture. 
He struggles with depression and anxiety for most of his life, and it worsened recently due to a job. So he smokes pot <laughs> to deal with all oh of that Oh my god, stress. I have to work. I know. <sighs> stress. Blaze it up, guys! Yeah, I got a job now. School's over. Time uh, to go to work. You mean this is actually... <laughs> I actually have to go into the, the real world? Stress of this situation. What if you could stay in school forever and just There be... are people that do that. They're like professional yeah, but I mean, like, students. Like community college? I feel like that doesn't count. No, I mean... <laughs> like in campus... They make a career like out Van of Wilder. Van Wilder, but like forever. And just keep learning. Never being a teacher, though, just yeah, always. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read just about people to going by. to school for 20 years, you know, or 20, 25 years. And coming continuing out something out of it, though? Many degrees. But then doing, and then retiring. <laughs> With, could you imagine the, the debt, your student loan debt? Like yeah, if you're just, are you ever going to pay this? No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually like, taking more classes in the fall. So since you don't have to pay for your student loans until you are out of school, you know, they do that kind of... Yeah. Is that the reason, though? Because I feel so like... I, you have like four and a half million dollars in student loans, but eight or nine degrees, couple doctorates, but no job. No job. Because you're overqualified. Could you purposefully overqualify yourself oh i and then get money from the government as like a disability i'm overqualified my intelligence (laughs) is my disability i don't understand anybody i work with i can't i just (laughs) because i went to school for so long my intelligence is a disability i'm overqualified and i can't work i probably would work it really would i bet you could keep the intelligent fuckers out of the working field because damn it (laughs) They are, though, if you think about it, the only ones that will be content with getting paid, like, nine bucks an hour <laughs> and actually thinking that they're, you know, like, yes, going to retire one day. No, you're not. You're mm. paycheck to paycheck, just like the rest of us for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. So we got another study showing or asking the question, I should say, asking the question, does medical marijuana increase teen pot use? What was the answer last time? No. What was the answer the time before that? No. What's the answer this time? Probably. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. Because, you know, we got we to gotta conjure up some new study saying that. No, this we're is just bad. going to reinterpret the old study. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Yes. We're 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 gonna let some Bible thumpers interpret it in and reference then... to this old other story from you know back in May, but that's okay. <laughs> More like two weeks ago. Uh, using other data sources, findings that are consistent with research showing that marijuana use among adults is more sensitive to changes in policy than marijuana use among youths. One caveat is that policy has moved forward since the study was done, with a few more states legalizing medical marijuana. As mores change, so might the behavior. The total is now up to 16 states plus D.C. So this was uh, the U.S. Attorney for Colorado sent letters to marijuana dispensaries located within 1,000 feet of schools asking them to relocate or close. And he cited the increase in drug-related school disciplinary incidents and law enforcement issues. School districts, he said, quote, have seen a dramatic increase in student abuse of marijuana with resulting student suspensions and discipline. I wonder how they're making the distinction between the abuse and use of this drug. Well, we'll just insert it enough to where it shows what we want it to show. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's... It works, right? as anything else. I mean, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? At least I have a a reason. You just said whatever, so... (laughs) Uh, Oregon, marijuana makes the ballot. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Another state, just the name... Didn't marijuana... Oregon's already has medical marijuana. Well, this is marijuana. Just... Just marijuana. No medical. On the ballot. Yes or no. (laughs) Just straight up marijuana. I wonder if it'll fly. I mean, Oregon's pretty open-minded. It is, I think. It's more home so of, than home of Portland, sure, and Tillamook. Yeah, cheese, yeah. good cheese, really good. Cheese. And other Tillamook that products, oh, sharp cheddar, right? The one in the black package. This is the Oregon Cannabis Tax Act, also known as Initiative Nine. Uh, it will appear as Measure Eighty on the Oregon ballot in November. Ooh! So, if passed, Measure Eighty would legalize hemp and regulate marijuana. 
or cannabis, whatever you prefer, for adult use. The measure would also license cannabis for commercial sale and allow organ farmers to grow hemp for biofuel, food, sustainable fiber, and a medicine. So, very good. Uh, I think so. 21 years of age or older, uh, with commercial sales only through state-licensed stores. Is that is that a good way to... Do you want state-licensed stores, though? I would... I mean, it's better than nothing, right? It, are the, are it just it, can we change who's that? Who's running this? Is it like the state liquor stores? Who's running? That's this? what I would imagine it being like. And then, the and then, liquor. when the feds come in, who's at fault? Them, the state, right? Do you, if do you think that run. they would, uh, um, you know, give like the state a plea bargain? You know, like <laughs> all right. So we're uh, gonna put you on notice for this time, but if you do this again, we're gonna put you on house arrest. You cannot leave you the know, state. Yeah, wait a sec. Leave. <laughs> You're wait. the state. Hold on. <laughs> this is confusing. All right, no, no, no. Instead, we're going to put we're gonna close off all of the borders, all the roads, and That's ground right. all airline flights from right. your state for nine people months. People might get high, and we don't want you flying high. Yeah. If you know what or I mean. getting contact high from an airplane state, at thirty thousand feet. Could you imagine just Oregon puffing so much that like Washington's getting a contact buzz? <laughs> Guys, the second hand is well, that's good. You know, it's the more states that actually try to push just even overall ballots, like not just medical but everything. It's I think that's good. Just some legislation. Called Do you think it'll pass? Get off my. Cannabis. Get off my dick. Get off my cannabis. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's awesome. Leave me the fuck alone. Legislation. Yeah. Pretty much. That's all. I mean, we already. Everybody that wants to smoke pot, that's smoking pot, is comfortably smoking pot in their house. This is just when I'm getting to my house. Like I don't need to be hassled. You know, nobody needs to be hassled. Don't hassle people. And. Where do you think that you receive the most amount of hassling? I would say in general, probably in silly traffic stops, I think. You think so? I think people... That's when we always hear about, like, most stories of people Yeah, taillight out. And was it out? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> You're probably right. More yeah, times than probably. that. Probably. Yeah. But then, you know, that always... Because people are uninformed as to how to talk to cops or they got that fuck the police mentality, which, I mean, fuck the police, but when they're right there in front of you, you gotta be yes or no, sir, otherwise they're gonna fuck you and then you're stuck. Right. Right. And you need a lawyer. That just reminded me about fuck the police. Um, NWA? The, the ghostwriter guy on YouTube, the guy with the motorcycle that's running from the police. He's got like a couple GoPro cameras. Oh. And he is doing like. Just he, motorcycle? Yeah, he's got a crotch rocket and he's doing like 300 kilometers an hour. Oh, wow. Just like the police. Just blowing through traffic, right? And then like he's got these GoPros on his bike and there's, you know, cops following him with lights, but wow. they can't keep up. And so they kind of drift just, off and then he's zipping by and cops will like whip a U-turn, but he's already gone. Right. Um, and then he has like this That's little crazy. itty bitty like clown motorcycle. It's like so small that like, when I know it's just tiny, really? but he's doing like 60 miles an hour on it through town. Oh, wow. He's weaving in and out of traffic. Cops <laughs> chasing him, but like you can't catch up to this little That's bike because he can zip in and out, go up on the sidewalk and... You know, it was huh. kind of neat. What's it called? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider? I'll yeah. check it out. Ghost Rider motorcycle or something. He runs from the cops. Just fuck the police. He mm. don't give a fuck. Is that is it in the States or is that over in like Europe? I think somewhere? it's in Europe because uh, the bike had kilometers right. per hour. Maybe or in Canada. Canada. Maybe in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked more of a European type thing. Right. Smaller cars. It looked, they don't well, there fast. was a clip of him on an interstate and there's no interstates in Canada. That's true. You know, there is no need. Just gravel Europe. roads. So the supporters of this uh, act <laughs> turned 167,848 raw signatures into the state. They had at least 87,000 valid ones. So a lot of signature collecting. It'll be interesting to see if that passes. So synthetic drugs. This was in the subreddit on stopthedrugwar.org. You've heard of spice. You've heard of... K2, you've heard of yes. bath salts. <laughs> yes. So the problem was always that, you know, each state would 
ban the substance or each county, but then, you know, there's different counties. And so people were wanting at the federal level, like, you know, this some sort other of protection, terrible drug policy is right to maybe institute some legit drug policy that like this is doing harm. This is not it's unnecessary. Let's prevent the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And I mean, analogs are great, but not when they're mixed with other chemicals that make people kind of lose their shit. If I mean, pure like analogs are fine, but these are not. And so it gets kind of dangerous. You Go crazy and eat someone's face off, turn into a zombie. Who knows? Zombie apocalypse. Maybe that's spice. part of the rush of doing the drug is that you just don't know what kind of trip is it's going to be. Gonna just I mean, it really could be something. I mean, you could be eating your neighbor's face like when you come to, or you know, I you could still just be coming. sitting on the couch, you know, scratching yourself and you know, watching the latest episode of Weeds. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like who and knows? Just trapped. So this bill will target 31 specific synthetic stimulant cannabinoid and hallucinogenic compounds marketed under brand names like K2 and Spice for synthetic cannabinoids and under names like Ivory Wave for the stimulants. Uh, With the rising popularity came rising reports of emergency room visits and poison control center calls attributed to the drugs. So... More than half the states and numerous localities have moved to ban some of the new synthetics, and the DEA placed both groups of substances under an emergency ban until Congress acted. I think that's so interesting, though, because this this is what would denote getting the kind of action that was put into place for weed. Mm-hmm. Like, this has the the research and the support to show that, yeah, it has a massively large negative impact on society. And then you would expect, okay, there are going to be raids, that this and that. Like, this is what you should see for that, but it's totally backwards. It's, it's so weird to see that. Like, We're, here is what your drug policy should be dealing with. Right. I wonder where bath salt is manufactured. <laughs> In the back of a van. Down by the river, and I don't think I've ever heard of a of a bath salt raid. No, well, no, like you can get them here still at the gas stations. I Absolutely, think. you can. Yeah. yeah, it's like packaged up. It's like on pop display rocks. next to the five hour energy crack. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, it's like pop rocks, some bath salt, and your Red Bull ready to go. And I mean, you ban thirty one, there will be thirty one new ones out. The week after. I mean, that's the whole idea of analogs. There's always another analog, but... Mm-hmm, absolutely. At least it's getting some attention. Do you think this will take any heat, or will this refocus resources and attention away from medical no. marijuana? Not at all. No. They'll just open up more and... Okay. Yeah. It's not bad. a diversion. But, um, you could talking c- about resources, mm-hmm. uh, the the food stamp thing... Yeah, that that's interesting. Uh, you, there were several states um, that were allowing people uh, to deduct the cost of. Well, most states allow you to de- to deduct the cost of your prescription drugs um, when you apply for food stamps. Right. So if you're on a fixed income and you spend two hundred and fifty dollars a month on prescription drugs, that gets taken off of your income and then you know calculated to to determine right. your food stamp amount. Well. Um, several states, uh, people, citizens of these states were, uh, e- including the cost of their, uh, medical marijuana because uh, purchases and some, even the cultivation of their really? cannabis. Right. Wow. Um, is that a misuse of this thing or do you think that stuff should be covered? Cause it well, is medical, it's just but it's recently not been axed like no longer oh. is that um but prescriptions you still are covered absolutely of course ah, um so, so the move okay. the move comes on the heels of a report by the oregonian uh that brought light to the measures use in oregon maine and new mexico hmm. um, under previous rules elderly or disabled food stamp applicants in these states were allowed to deduct the cost of cultivating or procuring medical marijuana from income calculations regarding food stamp eligibility. That puts a huge boost on, I mean, if not just, let's say if you're just buying it and deducting that, they probably wouldn't notice. 
But when you start deducting like thousand dollar <laughs> light setups and flow hoods and every, I mean, yeah, duh. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, I had to put twenty thousand dollars of grow yeah. equipment on my credit card. Ooh, Give me of... my food stamps. Yeah. It's munchy time. Cha-ching! It's munchy time. That's I want so much money. I want I want crab legs and uh, yes. and, and shrimp. Crab legs and, and candy and. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Crab legs and sour patch kids. I'm good. So is that fair if if you can do it with prescription drugs but not that? I mean I I understand the gross stuff maybe. But that should be deducted under business anyway because that's for business not on the that doesn't seem like it, it's even it's the same thing. Well, this is just another incremental should be able to, right? Because they're the ones buying it. But if you're growing it, that should all be done through the business. Correct. But if you're Correct. Yeah. If you're growing your own. Right. Um, well, other prescription drugs are treated similarly, right. but uh, um, th- this inquiry uh, about the specific practice led to the U.S. Department of Agriculture to respond that it was not appropriate for not marijuana. Good. Still illegal at the federal <laughs> level. And so it's so not you're going to be deduct included. my heroin, but not my pot, is what you're saying, basically. Assuming that pain pills is what one thing that you're having deducted and everything. Like if you if you break it down, you're gonna cover this, but not that, which is kind of funny to me. Like you'll pay for my hard stuff, but not for my my weed. <laughs> um, this is just another in- I, to me an incremental step towards um making cannabis less legitimate. Right. You know, like baby steps. Exactly. A little thing here, a little thing there. You know, because. The the outcry or whatever would happen if, if you know, they just said... If they do it slowly, then people won't either right. notice or they won't care because, oh, it's just a little thing or, oh, I don't use that anyway, so whatever. But right. next thing you know, it's like full-blown. It's more. almost... No, well, then it's just not really worth it to, to participate in the medical program. You know, as, at some point, there's going to be too many hoops... Too many things to Wait, jump over. Wait, at some point or some point in the past already? <laughs> because the numbers speak for themselves. Sure. All I'm saying is that eventually, like, it's just going to... I think they're going to make it to the point where it's, it's it's just easier to do the black market yeah. thing. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's, We're already there in certain states. Absolutely. This being one of... Montana yep. being one of them. Yep. As and it's you know being what the only done? state in the nation going backwards. That's caused the prices of cannabis to go up, which is interesting. Because the supply is pretty much the same, and the demand is pretty much the same. But because there was such a decrease... In the price from when it was completely illegal to when medical really started booming and then to where the medical boom stopped because of all this crap hoop to jump through, the prices are starting to go back, not to where they were pre-medical, but on their way. Mm -hmm. I just find that interesting that nothing else changed except for... Right, right. The the other thing to note about the food stamp issue is that it's the federal government dictating to the state how to run their state-funded yeah, food stamp that, program. Isn't the federal government supposed to be focusing on federal, yeah, <laughs> like know. more important? I, I mean, don't. I, I mean, you delegate fundamentally, sure, but I I don't. I think we're way past that point. Well, yeah, you know, but that's um, the idea is that you delegate all of this stuff to the state, and that becomes the state's responsibility. And now you're re-delegating it back to you because you don't like the way the state was handling. It. Like, right, right. The unless there's some seriously detrimental effects from that, it should be none of your business, really. I mean, are you getting your tax money every year? Then who cares? Shut up and move on. Uh, Chris Hermes says, It's a sad day when we have to see this kind of retreat based on what appears to be federal pressure and federal intimidation. That's Um, all it's ever been, right? I mean... Right. It makes one wonder when the federal government is going to come around and realize that this is indeed a public health issue and address the problem accordingly. It's a problem only in the sense that the federal government is creating the problem. It's a, yeah, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. You made this and then you're fulfilling it because it won't fulfill it otherwise. It's a logical fallacy. It's sad that that's what's dictating the rules in a lot and of this legislation. We, we talked about um, this Don LaRouche 
Mm-hmm. Remember we talked about yep, him before? Yep. So he was warned to stop growing cannabis right. plants in his residence or risk losing the federal assistance right. that helps him pay for his home. Which would, in turn, he would probably lose his home if, if right. that would, was And so this just goes to show that, I mean, there is no real... What I, was in the in a lot of situations, yeah. there, there is no privacy. Yeah. You know, too. like... But if you get down to it, if you break it down to the core, there is no initial problem lying there other than them coming in and saying this is, you know, yeah. there's no, like, backing evidence showing that zombies are, you know, kids right. getting killed. Or, like, there's M- none Mr. of... Mr. LaRouche has... There's no empirical evidence if, saying that, it, yeah. that it's doing any harm other than the fact that the federal government says it is. Right. And I just think of how much other thing, how, how many other things could get fixed or improved upon if all of that focus and resources was directed there rather than at this negative. I was having a conversation crap. with an old friend uh, yesterday and he made the comment that, uh, you know, when people become financially successful, uh, they tend to, you know, become a little bit more generous or give back to the community or Depending on where give they came back. from. Or and, just... you know, I, I, you know, I, that's a really nice thought. I just don't find that to be It depends where they true. came from, though. If they've always been rich and they continue to be, I don't think they are so much. But sure. if they came from nothing or from, you know, because they, they remember what that was like sometimes. Right. Donating 0.01% of your net profit doesn't really... Well, yeah, it's got to be. That's not first, really giving back to the community. It's be that's the first a publicity 10%. stunt. Well, yeah, you know, completely. Um, it's got to be the we, first ten percent. We like kind of discussed says. about you know what it would be like if people only took the financial resources that they needed. Oh yeah, and the you know, excess went and back into the pool. Went back into education, Any, right. Space exploration, science yeah. research. Health research, you know, Can and, you imagine? and but people only, you know, use the financial fundage that they needed, right? You know how how much extra money and that this, scares people for some reason. It's too reminiscent of communism, and all they think of about that is like Russia and the Cold War, and they they lose. It. You think? I, you know, I was I thinking think so. more of uh, it's that it's really sad that you know the small amount of money that's put into medical research or scientific research you know it's it's such a, a small if you took a pie chart right. you know it would be For that little sliver some of those prescriptions cost right it would just you be that it, little yeah. sliver and you know the the 30 trillion dollars that the pharmaceutical companies profited you know there's just this little sliver of that being put back into research and development which is kind of unfortunate and then i kind of wonder like what 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 are people doing with all this money like is it just sitting there like in a bank somewhere like not, i think so like apple or acquiring like what it just sits it, it sits and it gets called upon in times of you know lawsuits or but other than that yeah i think it pretty much just sits there mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. should find a way to take all that excess Penny by penny over time and put it into an account. Oh, kind of like that, that movie. movie. Superman? <laughs> and then we'll tip over big boats full of oil. <laughs> <laughs> what is that called? The Da Vinci virus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, something Classic. like that. Classic. Like that. Angelina Jolie. Um, so was that it? Was that everything? I think so. I think we wanted to really? cover. Yeah. Fantastic. It's munchy time, dude. It's munchy time, dudes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for get listening, your, guys. Get your food stamps. Get yours. Get yours. Because we'll I got mine. I've actually never accepted any sort of financial federal state assistance. Although I've really wanted to get food stamps before. That just I feel seems, that there are people that can, take advantage of the food stamp program. Oh, absolutely. And the key is, can, can, I, can I tell you something? What you got to do is find a girl that has kids and gets just a bunch of foods and then just get her to do all of your shopping for you. And if you can swing that, I think you're set. Well, why would I? I'm just saying it's I easier probably, than filling out the forms and the paperwork I was just to get say, your own food stamps. I probably that's all. could go get food stamps. You yeah, know, if that's I, a lot of work. I yeah, stand in that fill line. out a paper. And I wonder, I wonder what kind of, how much money they would give a single white male. In Montana, I'm betting like a seventy bucks a month. <laughs> you think so? I think so. I don't think it's much. 
You got to now if you had like five kids, right? You'd get bank. I I, just, I know somebody that's got four kids. Could you borrow and them? And they have food up the wazoo. Yeah, you know what I mean. They got they they more eat, like, than they kings. probably need. Probably. Well, which is funny that no, I'm pretty sure they eat just about everything they, they have. Yeah, I mean, they're fight that many kids definitely. Yeah, you know, but um, but then again, I I know someone else that has. Uh, a handful of kids and I don't think that 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 their assistance helps them near as much as they need too. right I'm I wonder sure it's off person you know family to family I bet I bet that's interesting I don't know anything about it but yeah. anyway yeah all that's right. all I got yeah. well we'll catch you guys next week submit stories to the subreddit hotboxpockets.com slash subreddit and write us review on iTunes follow Twitter and the Facebook pages and we'll catch you guys next week peace out <laughs> If you like, you like, this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.